I don't care if you've been crawling on the web of destiny all night. If you up, smash that like button. <laughs> Welcome to Black of the Black Times Infinity. I'm your host, Comic Noobs Kevin. Coming back <laughs> live from South Bend on my computer screen. It's Prodigy. What up, fam? That was a great-ass intro. It's lit. <laughs> I've been practicing that one. Um. And well, alongside me, we got Stitch. Oh man, that was great. I'm still. I'm trying to find Silk. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! We are finally doing this. We've been talking about it for a long ass time. It's uh, Stitch and Cthulhu's Prodigy from Be the BTI crossing over with Kevin from Comic News, and we are talking all about motherfucking Spider Verse. Yes. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Now this this was a Bible of a Spider Man book. It's thick as hell. We got the aftermath in here. We got the main plot, and we got the prelude shit, right? Yeah, yeah. I've, <laughs> I don't have the same thing that you got, but I read all that. There we go. Yeah, we uh, we had the. Uh, I guess is I don't know if it's it considers as a trade paperback. It's like more of like a trade uh, summary of the entire storyline. At there least you up go. to because uh, I mean, there's still even as this wraps up, there's still some stuff that uh, seems like it could be continuing and everything. But it was a amazing read and um i guess let's uh jump into it and uh what we, we want to touch on first yeah um well first of all this just to give uh, credit where credit's due this one can you move that screen just a little bit over towards me so or, or make it larger um for our wonderful notes and shit um this uh came out in t- 2014 and crossed over into 2015 um so we're talking pre-secret wars here and a whole bunch of different writers. I'm not going to list every single one of the writers, but uh, some of the, the greatest uh, writers right now uh, for modern Spider-Man and Marvel contributed to this. Yeah, and the uh, the the big one, the main one, is uh, Dan Slott. Who there you is, go. He's been writing Spider-Man, I think, since about 2008. He's been the main writer on Spider-Man. I know it's been a long time. I might be wrong on when he actually started, but... He's been writing Spider-Man forever, still is writing The Amazing Spider-Man, the main book uh, for Marvel. And uh, yeah, this, um, I hadn't read a lot of Slot Spider-Man before this, and uh, this was this was amazing. Um, <laughs> the guy's got me blocked on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> oh, what did you do? Were you sitting Spidey Nudes? The account of Dan Slot. God damn it. You you were, you were sitting uh, all these eggplants in, uh, in Spiderweb and shit, huh? <laughs> Twipping them. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. No, that, that's good. I mean, I will confess before we even jump right in, I had not read consistently a whole lot of mm-hmm. mainstream, um, amazing Spider-Man books right. for like probably a good five to eight year period. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stitch got me into Miles Morales and I got hooked and I said, you know what? I need to learn more about the larger spider universe. Yeah, the spider, I mean, for lack of a better term, it is a web of crazy shit constantly <laughs> going on. Um, and especially with this, you have the whole universe uh, timeline, and which adds a, another twist in the, how you are trying to understand the mythology and everything that's going on with the story. So um, I always enjoyed Spider-Man growing up. He's been one of, he's been my favorite hero hero. I mean, I, I do have love for Magneto as a, a more of a villain anti-hero, mm-hmm. but uh, Spider-Man's been uh, 
Spider-Man is to me is what Batman is to Blue there and everything. Um, unfortunately, I'm not nearly as educated on Spider-Man as as Kevin is, so I'm very interested to get his take and his expertise opinion on it. But uh, picking this up was it was a real easy read um, once you figure out sort of what's going on. Um, as long as you have a general idea of who's who, it's it's real easy to follow and understand what's going on with the different. Uh, universes and uh and characters and and the dire situation that they're in well, well let's set the stage a little bit um do you mind of... if I, I i've prepared a small synopsis here. oh yeah, yeah. please, please, love please do. All right, so so peter parker spider-man has uh recently come back because his brain was taken over for a long time by dr octopus mm. Otto octavius yes and uh, he was, um, yeah, for, that was almost for three years in the comics where Spider-Man was actually Otto Octavius. So that was going on for a long time. And at this point, Spider-Man had been back for about four or five months, maybe six months. Uh, Peter Parker had been back in his own body. And all of a sudden, he, uh, he gets grabbed up in the time, he gets grabbed <laughs> up by uh, a group of spider dudes that just pop out of a portal and they're like, Hey, Peter Parker, we need you to come save the universe yep. <laughs> or the spider universe. Um, meanwhile, he's got friends. Um, there's a girl named silk. Uh, her, oh. she's Cindy moon. And she was, uh, bitten by the same radioactive spider as Peter Parker. And, uh, she's about the same age. Uh, and she got locked in a bunker, um, back during the Moreland event. Now Moreland also shows up because uh, he was a villain from way back uh, for Spider-Man in the early 2000s mm-hmm. where he feeds on um, on people who are animal totems. So uh, an animal totem being like Spider represent, Spider-Man represents the spider. Black Panther would also qualify, um, you know, in general, things like that. I think there was an issue where uh, Moreland actually did go after the Black Panther. Oh, wow. But it Just- turns out that he's a member of a whole family of people. And these this family, they are going after the Spider-Men of every universe. Yep. Because they are multiverse-hopping, evil, badass family. Can I can I add one last – one quick thing about Moreland, though? By all means, yeah. Just for the folks who aren't familiar with him, um, he's a vampire, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. To, to, I, when I said eat, yeah, he's a vampire. Yeah, just to oversimplify it. Think of Moreland as an ultimate badass, super strong vampire. Yeah, with the unquenchable thirst. Yes. Yeah. Please continue. Oh, man, that was awesome. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the uh, the uh, spiders of various universes are trying to get more spider people together from different alternate realities. Um, you have a lot of Peter Parkers from different alternate realities. You've got Ben Riley, the clone of Spider-Man. Um, you get Miles Morales from the Ultimate Universe. Uh, you get Jessica Drew from the Ultimate Universe, yes. who is yep. also a clone of Peter Parker, but a girl. Mm-hmm. It works out. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just a whole bunch of uh, spider people. All the spider people that have ever been used. They even use spider in, like, the cartoon Spider-Man. Yeah. Yes. Can can I, can I just interject a few spider yeah. people just oh, yeah, so yeah, people know it. how crazy it gets? Yeah, you got spider monkey, you got uh, spider pig, spider, spider pig, <laughs> six armed Spider Man, Spider Noir, uh, Billy Baddock, who's basically Captain Britain mixed oh, yeah. with Spider Man. Oh yeah, yep. Spider Punk, obviously Miguel uh, with Spider Man twenty ninety nine. 
you know. Yeah, and the, the oh, one man, of, I love Spider Punk so much. Oh, he was great. There's so many cool things, and it's even like all the Spider Men. They have like sort of different uniforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, some of them are are variously like different colors and everything, and some of them are just like slight tweaks where you're, you're just like, wow, that's pretty cool. I think I like his uniform a little bit better than Peter's, and and even like their power sets, they oh, have yeah. certain powers that that are applicable to the other ones. Well, that was a fun thing because. When you're hearing about this, you're like, well, there's too many Spider-Man. I'm going to get confused. But there's no confusion reading about all these different Spider-Man because the uniforms are slightly tweaked, like you said. Yeah. And even the font of how, the, when they're speaking, is slightly uh, uh, tweaked as well. Yes. So it, there's and, no, and also dis- no problem. a lot of them are labeled a lot of the time. <laughs> yes. And, and don't forget Indian Spider-Man. I know people are going to oh, forget about him. countries, yes. He won me over. I liked Indian yeah, Spider-Man. Was, oh, yeah, I like Indian Spider-Man. What was his It was, uh, oh, what is it was like name? Patesh instead it's, of Peter or something? Yeah. Yeah, Patesh Prabhakar. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, and he has, he was like, there was a whole, I loved that scene near the end where he was like, well, all these other ones are Peter Parker. He's like, I, I'm just like a cheap imitation. And the uh, I, I don't remember which other Spider-Man like got with him, but he's like, "You're no cheap imitation. You're a Spider-Man. Like, who's to say all these guys aren't the cheap imitation of you? You're the man. There's no reason for you to doubt yourself because of that nonsense." That was fucking exactly, beautiful, man. Yeah. It was it was really touching, a really touching part. But let's let's Absolutely. go back to a little bit of the beginning, um, because we got sidetracked a little bit when we were ta- listing all the goddamn Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> Superior Spider-Man starts this really this journey off. And he's calling shots at obviously Doctor Octavius version. Um, can can you have to? Yeah, absolutely. So at, in the middle of the Superior Spider-Man run, when when Peter Parker's body was taken over by the mind of Doctor Octavius, um, he got trapped in 2099. And during the issue, he was only trapped there for like six pages. Mm. And Spider-Man 2099 was trapped on our Earth. Um, but when he comes back, he's, like, shouting, and his uniform is torn up, <laughs> and they're like, Spider-Man, what happened to you? And he's like, I don't remember. And then when we start off this spider story, the Spider-Verse story, Dr. Octavius, uh, it shows what happened, and Dr. Octavius started trying to get back to his own dimension, but what he discovered was a bunch of dead Spider-Men, and they all had these two, like, stab wounds in them. All of them had the same ones. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, it's obvious what happens. What's happening? Somebody with a giant double-edged stabby weapon is taking <laughs> out Spider-Man. So he keeps going and starts an army of Spider-Men. Meanwhile, the the Captain Britain Spider-Man, Billy Braddock, he's doing the same thing because Cap- the Captain Britons they're all about the multiverse. So he was able to see this, and so Billy Braddock also started collecting an army. So there are two armies of Spider-Men forming. Yep. And Peter Parker, like our Peter Parker, isn't really in any of them until, like, the armies are already formed. Right. And I, I'm just going to add, Moreland seems scary. Like, the stakes are high from the beginning because it feels like he is too powerful to be killed and is literally going to... One by one, wipe out every single fucking. He's he's mowing them down with yeah. like literally like without any challenge at all. It reminded me of like a old Friday the Thirteenth type movie, and all the Spider Men were just like camp counselors, and yes. he was just going through, just yep. fucking knocking down doors. Oh, you think you're safe here? Okay, that's cute or whatever. I'll, I'll take your best punch. All right, I'm gonna take your life sword, your your life force now. And initially, and I, nobody's sorry, sorry, Kevin, real quick. Initially, 
nobody's actually knowing what he's a bigger part of. They're just like, hey, here's a serial killer killing Spider-Man in all these multiverse. And you don't, as the reader, know who, what, where, and why right. about about it. You know, you're just like, holy fuck, there's dead Spider-Man everywhere. I'm sorry, Kev, go. Right. I want to say uh, what Stitch was saying, how he's mowing down Spider-Man, is absolutely true. And I, I don't know exactly how Dan Slott did it. And I have to go back <laughs> and read through again just because he did it so well is that when any of the Spider-Men got killed, you felt that, man. Mm. Like, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, I mean, some of these characters you meet, and in two pages they're dead. And that should, that shouldn't, that shouldn't feel, you shouldn't feel much about that. You'd be like, okay, another Spider-Man down. But I don't know if it's because their backs are up against the wall from the start of this, or w exactly why it is but at least for me whenever a spider-man died you were like no not that spider-man i like that spider-man truth yeah. I, I felt the same way because it's like you would jump into a, a different spider-man situation and it was very relatable um like uh there was somewhere he's uh, talking with uh, i believe mary jane and a couple and mm -hmm. just having basic romantic type flirty conversations next thing you know boom here he comes Boom, Spider-Man's dead. I was like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. What the fuck happened? Like, that's not supposed to happen. Like, and, he, and it's like, on to the next one. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and then they just do. They're like, okay, we killed Spider-Man. Let's go kill another Spider-Man. Yeah. And they are kind of scary like that. The way they're just, like, constantly moving. Like, you never know which Spider-Man is next. You're trying to race to save Spider-Man, but you're not quick enough every, almost every time. Exactly. And I'll say this. I mean, Dr. Octavius as superior Spider-Man he is able to round up this team so effectively. He's like this natural-born fucking leader. And obviously we know that on the villain side with him, you know, basically being the boss of like the Sinister Six over and over again. But he's able to actually, in a room full of heroes, inspire people and get people to jump on board, which isn't, isn't as impressive as I've ever seen him. He had some issues uh, in terms of I guess his plan, because he mm. had, because I, I, um, I sort of read this in like two, two brief part, two like massive parts, um, but he had some issues with how he wanted to tackle the uh, the situation um, in terms of like the the safe zone and and things of that nature, and uh, for a while it looked like it was it was going to work, and but then it just completely like blew up, and he was to me it came up like he was rattled, like he was like oh I figured out this this master plan to take care of the problem. And no, it didn't work. It's like, okay, we're back at square one. He thought that he yeah. knew their weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, or at least, you know, Moreland's weakness or mm -hmm. whatever. And when he realized that this thing is basically invincible and immortal and you cannot kill it despite your best technological efforts, that did rattle him. I will. I, yeah. I agree with and that. And then we, we do see that much, much later on, which we'll talk about in terms of like how they thought they, they had him again. The only, as we progress to the story the only real weakness seemed to be that radioactive uh wasteland where they they would jump into it and then they would be like oh shit we can't be here yep uh i forget what what uh universe it was but it was where it was all laid out and just like completely uh desolated that area was earth 3145 <laughs> oh yeah the one the one in which dr octavius the of that universe like set off a bunch of nuclear bombs and just destroyed the whole world yeah. yep and is that the one that uh uncle ben uncle well ben. he's bitch bitch made uncle ben <laughs> or whatever i was i was mad when i was reading that i was like this motherfucker's been hiding out in this little right. bomb shelter for years <laughs> 
<laughs> well, and that's the same bomb shelter that Silk was in in 616. It's the exact ah, same shelter at the yep. same place. Yep. Um, and there was a reason for that because there's this guy who travels the multiverse. Try Well, in the original Moreland storyline uh, back in the early 2000s, there was this guy who travels the multiverse warning Spider-Man about Moreland. Mm. Um, and so he was the one that convinced Cindy to go in the bunker and he was the one that convinced Uncle Ben to go in the bunker, although Uncle Ben still bitched out at the end. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's talk a little bit um, about some of these vampire spider totem hunters really quickly, because we mentioned Moreland, but there's a whole family of them, and they're called the Inheritors. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Bricks, Bora, those are the twins, I believe. Man, they were creepy as all hell, weren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Picture uh interview with the vampire. You know, and some of those vampires or whatever in terms of like the Victorian era frill and, yeah. and whatnot. That's kind of what they're wearing. Um, but they're just, they're more blood hungry than even Moreland in a lot of ways. You yeah, know? and then there's also Karn. Now, yes. do we want to talk about Karn right now? Do it! Let's do it! So Karn is the one that Dr. Octavius first discovered. He had this, he had that like two-pronged spear that he was killing right. Spider-Man with. And Dr. Octavius thought that was the only threat. Mm. And um, so Karn was, like, expelled from this family. And they, like, sent him off. They're like, okay, you go kill Spider-Man until, we're, until you've proven yourself and you're allowed to come back. Because what was it that happened? He was supposed to kill the Great Weaver, and the Great Weaver, inst- he hesitated, and then the Great Weaver killed the mother of this family. Yep. Of the Inheritors. Now, the Great Weaver is the way that the Inheritors travel throughout the multiverse. He's this giant half-man, half-spider guy with, like, uh, with like a, what, what are the, like, an 1800, like, a Victorian-era diving helmet on his head? Yeah, head. like old scuba, scuba helmet. Like, what was that? Yeah, and, Three, Musketeer, he, Three Musketeers he, or Monta, uh What was that thing? Three Musketeers or the Man in the Iron Mask? Picture that. I'm yeah, thinking the, like the, the movie with uh, the black dude where he goes and he's a diver and he's holding his breath with... Um, with Cuba Gooding Jr.? Yeah, that's, that's the diving mask it reminded me okay. of. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the cool. old scuba scuba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he's got like this robot, like he's got like these robot spider body. He's like a centaur almost mm-hmm. where he's got robot spider body and then like a human chest. And he is—he weaves the web of destiny, is what it is. And the inheritors use the web of destiny to travel through the multiverse and kill the Spider-Man. And that's also, incidentally, what gives the Spider-Man their uh, spider sense, mm. is because it's a little bit precognitive. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, and so he failed to stop to kill the Great Weaver, and as a result, Karn is banished. And we'll get back to a little bit of that later, but he's this really angsty dude <laughs> who's killing Spider-Man not because he wants to, but because he has to do it to get home. Right. And he does not get along with the other inheritors. That right. was the key thing. He's the black sheep of this family. Like Kevin mentioned in terms of being outcast, he's very different from all the others, and you can't see his face yeah. the entire time. Um, you also have Solus, which I think was the scientist uh, inheritor. I believe, right? Hopefully I don't have that fucked up. Kev? Kev, you still on with us? Sorry, I was grabbing a drink. I think, wasn't it Janice that was the oh, scientist? Genix, Gen- I'm sorry, you're right. Genix was a scientist. Genix was like the the genius, supposedly. Yes. And he comes back in the end and has that, that, sh- that showdown battle. Yes. Who was Sol? Solace was one of the other inheritors. Which one was he again? Uh, uh, wasn't he, was, was he the older brother or something? 
I'm not sure off the top of Yeah, I think I think Solus was uh he was uh Moreland's older brother. He that's was it. the one that looked exactly like Moreland and they had to keep labeling him. Yeah, that was part. that's why I got confused with it. But that's that's the whole family. It's a big clan of yeah. inheritor yeah. vampire. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Stitch is showing me the picture for those who who only have audio. Yeah. But that's the inheritors. And they're all badass, they're all fucking scary, but there's a family dynamic there and a familiarity uh and a pecking order, really and truly. Um, but they, every single one of them, at, at the drop of a hat, would go uh, balls deep in some fucking spider totem. <laughs> you know what? Um, you know what I think was the the time that really like the inheritors, the family was scary the entire time. But I think the moment that really like drove home like how fucking terrifying these people are is when they were sitting down for their feast mm. and they had like four <laughs> they had like four or five Peter Parkers <laughs> like tied up on the table like with limbs ripped off and shit and like just still alive and bleeding to death. Yeah. Yep. And they were like just sitting having a conversation over dinner before they ripped in and ate these Peter Parkers. Like yeah. I know it's not our Peter Parker, but we all know and love Peter Parker. And so like Seeing them like sitting there, unable to do anything, just waiting to die and be eaten by these assholes who are sitting around bickering like any other family, it was pretty terrifying. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. I'm right there with you. Um, real quick to mention, the other aspect of the Great Weaver is there's a prophecy, and in the prophecy, uh, there's supposed to be three. I don't know what to call them. They're, they're still spider totems, but yeah, there are three imp- more important ones. Basically. Yeah. The ultimate spider yeah. totems, for lack of a better phrase. Um, the bride, who is Cindy Moon's uh, silk. 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 Yeah. The other and the scion, right? Yeah. Yep. And so to go over who those are, the other is Scarlet Spider, a.k.a. Uh, it was uh, Ben Riley, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it was Ben Riley, who is a clone of uh, Peter Parker. Now that goes back to the clone saga, and we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that goes – he was a clone of, of uh, Peter Parker, and he's the other. And we find out why he's the other is because he can turn into this giant spider monster. Yeah. yeah. Whenever then, he uh, wants the, to. <laughs> and then the scion. I loved the scion. It was uh, from an alternate reality, and it was Peter Parker's son. Yes. And he, he uh, that's the baby, basically, right? Yeah, it was a baby. Yeah, it was an infant. Yeah. So – and it's also the younger brother of, I, I believe that was, was it Ashley Barton or was it Spider-Girl? No, 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 it was Mayday Parker. Mayday that's Parker, a, that was it. Spider-Girl, yeah, Mayday Parker. Yeah. Who? And that's the, that's, the daughter, um, of, that's the daughter of Mary Jane Watson and Peter Parker from an alternate reality. Who was very courageous and awesome. Because that was where the, when the sacrifice took place where he was just like, get out of here and take the baby and go. It, it, yep. Basically and, running yeah, in fear from the was, inheritors. He was was he fighting off Karn or Moreland? I want to say that was Moreland. I want to say that was Moreland. Yeah, I think you're right. And then um, just just in time, a group of Spider Men who uh, are like trying to build up the army come through a portal and and grab them right. after Peter Parker is is killed yeah. uh, in that universe. And man, that was that was an intense. Was that Edge of Spider Verse? Was that one of the Edge of Spider Verse? I think ones? that was Edge. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Man. The Edge of Spider-Verse series. So each one of these was a um, like a one issue going going over like one different Spider-Man in each one. Um, and man, they were great, weren't they? There was uh, there was uh, Spider-Man Noir. That was a great issue. Which is like 
black and white, 1930s, 1940s. Yeah. Awesomeness. Almost black and white, like really sepia tone almost. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I love Spider-Man's costume in that one. He's got like a trench coat and two guns. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, there was Spider-Gwen. And I will say this. I had seen Spider-Gwen all around, you know, just in kind of pop culture. I hadn't really read a whole lot of her. And in this, she comes off as just as courageous and badass and fun and as Spidey-y as anybody else, if not more so. She won me over. Yeah, it's it's really able to... You feel a lot for every one of the characters, especially the female ones uh, that are involved in the story. They always, they all have something like crazy traumatic going on. Definitely. So it's like you are pulling for them to survive, and you you already know at this point, based on what you have previously read, like these characters can go at any second, just based on how they set they just set up the story where all, all these other Spider Men are getting slayed down. So there's no reason to think that it won't happen to one of these. Yes, and especially I'll say piggybacking on that. When it comes to the female characters, Silk, because she's the bride, and they figured that out fairly early, yeah. her level of panic and I need to get the fuck out of this dimension right now was even more, like, imminent, you know? It was like, mm. they were on top of her, it felt like, the entire time, and she was literally afraid, especially being in that that box or, or chamber yeah. for years. But well, they pretty much knew that she was the main piece or one of the, the huge pieces on the chessboard. Yes. And even uh, they were trying to protect her, uh, and she overheard the conversation going on, uh, I believe, with Spider-Gwen and uh, uh, I forget who else they were talking to, but uh, she was just like, oh, I, I'm going out on my own. And you're just like, oh, shoot, here we go. Mm-hmm. She yeah. just decided to venture off, and now they got Lost Spider, uh, Lost Silk out in the... Uh, in the free area, and then this crazy fucking uh, dinosaur-looking thing fucking <laughs> jumps oh, that out. Was great! I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Right off the bat, she's she's in some deep shit." Yep. And I'm I'm gonna go. Give... Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, and I want to say uh, what you were talking about: her panic, her desperation to get away because those uh, the inheritors were chasing her down, and um, the only way she got away, she had to go into the nuclear irradiated yep. earth. Um, and, like, she was getting, like, exposed to constant radiation. That was the only way she got away because the inheritors uh, are more vulnerable to radiation than, yeah. you know, than real regular people, I guess. And she's not immune to it, just to make yeah, sure She made a web, clear. like a web hazmat suit. I forget how she worded <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, but she saw that, that cockroach in, like, the tin can. She's like, oh, if you could survive in this, uh, I'll... She uh, sort of webbed her up herself up in like a, a web webs mat suit. Or I mm-hmm. think that's how she worded it, and I uh, was able to uh, sort of get away. I mean, she was kind of, if I remember correctly, she was like coughing and stuff. Oh, definitely, like it, it was having like a slower effect, but uh, it wasn't like she was she was getting her energy was getting dwindled away, not like the uh, inhib- the inhibitors were. Yep, right. And, and you know, I got to mention this one more again. Silk won me the fuck mm-hmm. over. I love this version of her. I, I, I've read a couple trades now, uh, standalone with Silk. I like the fact that she, with those pheromones, she literally can't control her sexual urges around Peter Parker. It's yeah, not. That it's hilarious? not. Like, yeah. Well, and there's no nudity. I don't want people to think, oh, it's so graphic that you know I can't have kids reading her this or whatever. It's just a like basically a teenager on steroids when it comes to sexual attraction. Yeah. That she can hardly control. And, and it was Parker fun. is the same way. When those two are with each other, they like immediately just start making out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what was uh, some? Uh, I can't remember the character that had to like spray them both with like 
cold water or something. <laughs> Otherwise, I think, I think it, it was Spider Woman, like regular Jessica Drew. Yeah, it, it, that's fun to me. That was yeah. a, a, an interesting aspect of this character who I wasn't familiar with, and I wish they would go back to some aspect of that in her standalone work, and maybe they will. Now, I gotta say, they do a little bit actually. Oh, um, later on. Okay. They, yeah. So if there was an event um, last spring in in spring of 2016 called Spider Women. And um, at, at the end of this, they one of them still has one of the uh, Jessica still has that dimension hopping uh, bracelet. Yes. And so uh, basically, the concept is the uh, that Spider Gwen and Silk and Spider Woman uh, all get together like for coffee, like regularly, because they can hop dimensions like that. <laughs> and um, there was a really good event. I think it was like seven or eight issues uh, called Spider Women. Okay. That uh, that was like a crossover of Silk and Spider-Woman and Spider-Gwen, uh, their books. And it was it was really good, and they do touch on a little bit of that. They go back to the Spider-Verse stuff a little bit. Good. Nice. nice. I'm going to look for that. Yeah, uh, it was it was really good. It was one of those things where there's like, there's an intro book, there's like a Spider-Woman Alpha, and there's a Spider-Woman Omega, and then the, the rest of the crossover is like within their ongoing books. Good shit. Well, I got to get caught up on Silk. I'm on, like I said, I'm on that second trade, but I, I I enjoy her quite a bit. Um, so why don't we get into a little bit about we we've mentioned the other, the Bride, the Scion. Why don't we talk a little bit about the uh, the other who was Ben Riley and what makes him so special? Either Elmore or uh, Kevin, take it away. You want to jump in because I'm sure you, you're more familiar with his origin story than I am. Yeah, you well, want to. You know, aside from being an unwitting clone of Peter Parker for a while, I'm not 100% sure what actually made him the other. Like, I know he was the Scarlet Spider, and I know that he got he had those crazy, like, uh, I can turn into a spider power. But I'm not sure what made him that way or what made him special, aside from being the other now. It, it seemed like there uh, was something unique, maybe, with his general makeup, because none of the other spider men or and women could transform in such a mutated way he just he wasn't stable now he was he was also just to make sure i'm correct he's the one that can also turn invisible correct yes okay uh no that that's miles miles can turn invisible but i thought this guy could i I thought thought, when when they were in genix's uh facility and uh they were asking like oh are you i'm I'm invisible they're like okay or just a visual or like infrared light and, oh uh, yeah, you know what? You're right. That was him. Yeah, he can go invisible. I, I forgot about that. You're okay, right. I, I was just double checking on that because uh, they they did sort of touch on that. Even though Genix said he could see him, regardless, mm-hmm. uh, it didn't didn't really matter in terms of the situation. But he also didn't have a problem killing. No, he was he was all about like, all right, we we'll put him down. Like, let's get this over with. He had, he had a lot of rage and uh, a lot of just wrath in him, which I loved because. We're used to a Spider-Man being extremely not Boy Scouty, but very merciful when it comes yeah, to Yeah, Boy Scouty's a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, either way. But there are Spider. There was another one. Uh, was it made? Not Mayday, but another Spider Woman. It was Lady Spider. There we go. Yeah. Who's basically oh, an assassin? Yeah, they kept calling her Spider Lady, and she's like, "God damn it, it's Lady Spider." <laughs> Get it right. Yeah. <laughs> And I love I loved the thing that her and Spider Man twenty ninety nine have. You got the spider from the future, and she was uh, she was I think she was supposed to be an ancestor of Aunt May because mm. May's Aunt May's uh, last name is Riley, yes, and that's where Ben Riley's name from, and she was May Riley, so it might have been Aunt May to be honest. Oh yeah. wow, 
folks will I was familiar with her from her cameo in uh Old Man Logan as a standalone trade mm-hmm. um because it, that was my first introduction to her. So seeing Wait, her Lady in, Spider was in Old Man Logan? Yeah, I thought she was. Like when Like the the original? The original Old Man Logan, not the current run. Oh man, I don't remember that. I thought she was um I'll go back and double check because we're doing this like live or whatever. This is just my own recollection and I've read a ton of comics. But I thought that when Logan ran into her along with Hawkeye and was exposed to seeing her in some kind of bunker or something. They they were like by some prison or something. They ran into somebody by some prison and she was not happy to see Hawkeye, if I remember correctly. But I can't remember if that was the same one or not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Rewind the tape. We'll have to check on that. Yeah, we'll have to check. I could be talking on my complete ass, but that's all right. And I I could be completely wrong. It's been a little while since I've read the original Old Man Logan. I know that was Hawkeye's ex-wife that that you're talking about Mm -hmm. in that that series. Man, Hawkeye was great in Old Man Logan. Yes, he was. But I digress. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ben Ben Riley though. uh, Clone, he's angry. He can turn into a giant spider. He is the other on here, one of the ultimate, like, special totems. Um, yeah, and and you know, I, before we get into what happens with this, I, and I love it real quick, but I want to say how how great they teased the mythology on this one. Yes, like whenever they mentioned the other or the bride or the scion, man, I was like hooked. I wanted to start like Wikipediaing. <laughs> it would I would have gone absolutely bonkers trying to read this month to month. Yes. I completely agree. That's why I love the fact that it was all in one yeah. nice neat trade for me. Yeah, it makes it it makes it so much easier to like follow and make sure you're you're you know what what's going on. Hell yeah. Um but uh let's talk about a little bit with what happens with these uh these three entities and the inheritors. Um So yeah, so we know the inheritors are after them, but until almost the very last issue we don't find out why. Mm. And we we find out in the toward the very end, like spoilers. If you don't want to know this, stop listening <laughs> now. Um, but if you, we find out that the inheritors want to kill all the spiders because there's a prophecy that the spiders will kill the inheritors. But there's also a prophecy that like that the inheritors can kill all the spiders if they can put the blood of these three totems. Onto the great web, so they yep. need to get Silk's blood. They need to get the baby's blood, and they need to get uh, the other's blood, and they need to kill them on the great web. So they need to get them to home base and kill <laughs> them there. Yeah, um, <laughs> and all this time, every time the like the weaver has shown up, we he doesn't really elaborate a whole lot of explanations. You know, he's just like these are the folks. There's a prophecy, you know. I'll I'll open a door for you, the yeah. inheritors. You know, and we also we also know that the weaver, and I don't know if we mentioned this already. He's a slave of the uh, of the inheritors. Like Good point. He, he has to do the inheritors' bidding, and but he doesn't want to because he's whenever he gets a chance, which isn't often, but he like weaves a little kink into it and like pulls somebody out of danger whenever he can, which isn't all the time, but it's sometimes. Yeah, he, he kind of, not kind of, he definitely sabotages the Inheritor's plans. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt yeah. about it. He's not, even though he's a slave to them, he's not willingly going along with this plan to eliminate all spiders from the multiverse. Right. Um, it's not in his interest. It's not good for the universe. Basically, 
the mythology or my big takeaway was every universe needs a Spider-Man. And the universe is in turmoil if it doesn't have a Spider-Man. Right. So you're hurting yourself. You're hurting everybody. And even though you see a hints and and winks at the other parts of the Marvel universe or whatever, this made made me believe, and I, I think intentionally, that if you take out a Spider-Man in that universe, that universe is might as well have been eaten by Galactus or something <laughs> like that because it, it's in trouble. Yeah. It's hurt. Oh, definitely. So, um, there is a, basically a couple of different teams of uh, on a plan, separate plans to take out the inheritors. And I'm a little fuzzy on what those teams comprised of, and I'm hoping. That- okay, so so one of the teams uh, we discover that the reason why because they actually were able to kill a couple of the inheritors, but as soon as they were killed, they just came back. Yeah, oh, yeah yes, they would get cloned and come back. That's it. it was almost worthless. And they find out that that was a clone thing. So they send all the clones to the cloning planet. <laughs> and Genix uh, is running that. I thought that. was great. Um, they send Ben Riley. They send Kane, they send Kane Parker. Yeah. And uh, Jessica Drew of the Ultimate Universe, who are all Peter Parker clones. Yeah. And they and, run into uh, Iron yeah, Man. They send them, and it, it's not easy, but they're able to take out the, uh, take out the, um, the cloning facility but only at the expense of uh, what is it? Kane Parker dies, right? Correct. Yep. Sacrifices himself. Yeah, and that, that that whole story was really cool because right off the bat they run into Iron Man, and uh, w- like he was sort of like a guard for the facility and yep. everything. Uh, they end up punching him in the face, <laughs> <laughs> which was which was great to see. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and then uh, they get to the uh, well, they they sort of find this uh, scientist guy that uh, is just a regular human dude. And uh, he's sort of giving him like kind of like the tour, and he's like, "All right, what what am I looking at right here?" And he explains to him, he's like, "All right, this is where all the clones are, et cetera, et cetera." Um, Genix comes down, uh, another one of the yeah, scientists inherited. The science, yeah, and he was he was calling himself. Uh, he had this sort of title that he kept giving himself. I can't think of what it was exactly, um, but he's sort of just sitting back, chilling the entire time while the Spider Man sort of infiltrate this plant. And uh, even the security people are like coming and like, oh, we got reports of this. This one's uh, vitals are down. He's like, okay, it's cool. <laughs> He's like, uh, no, no, it's no big deal. Then he finally shows up, snaps the uh, the professor's dude's neck just right off the jump, and then it's just constant battle, mm-hmm. um, just nonstop. And uh, it, it's it's great, and you can see that uh, they're getting tired because he's just respawning. Well, no, no, is that the one where he responds? No. I'm getting it confused now. I'm thinking of, of the previous storyline where they had one of them in the status cell. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, and that's in the 2099 one where yeah. they're able to get uh, they're able to get one of them in a uh, in like an electro grid yeah. thing. Now, would you have made a deal at that situation? Or because I wouldn't. I was looking at him like I don't trust this dude. Inher- oh hell no. <laughs> yeah, the inheritors are too scary to make any deals, man. Yeah. And either way, they're like, okay, that's fine. You had your choice. And he'd fucking shut that power grid down because they explained it. They're like, oh, yeah, we, uh, it would kill him, blah, blah, blah. He would have to have enough power to knock off the whole uh, eastern seaboard and et cetera. He's like, okay, you, you want to make this deal? No? Okay. We're going to shut it down. I'm going to kill this body. I'll be back with my new one shortly. Just hold up. I'll be right back. Yeah, which was a huge <laughs> reveal. Yeah. Because, you know, up until this point, we knew that they were very, very hard to kill, if not yeah. impossible. But we didn't really know the nuts and bolts yeah. of them being able to, you know. And we do get also get a nice uh, Punisher cameo. Yes, we do. Yes. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Punisher 2099 is awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but but yeah, back to the to the uh, cloning facility. Yeah. Um, so they they had their whole battle out and everything, and uh, they sort of have this. Uh, they come to this epiphany that okay, we understand that you got all these these uh, facilities across the, the the United States across the world, but obviously this one is important because you are here now. Yep. So I will blow this one up, <laughs> <laughs> and essentially he uh, martyrs himself and, and knocks out that facility. Which and is awesome. That was a really sad one because he was the most optimistic Spider-Man. There was even like a whole part of an issue, like the Spider Verse issue. Where he's like, oh, yeah, I feel like just being positive enough will get you through any situation. <laughs> yes. God damn it. That was it was it was tragic. You know, yeah, it was fucking tugging so on your many tragic parts of this. Like, like and they felt tragic, even though like some of these Spider-Men we don't get to know at all. It still feels so tragic. I oh man, it was just beautifully written. Yep. Now, um, Spider-Woman and. Sorry, I'm struggling a little bit. Spider Woman definitely infiltrated the inheritors and was able to look like basically a slave girl yeah. of the inheritors. Okay, yeah. So, so Jessica Drew, uh, Spider Woman, we know her as. Um, it turns out that her one of an alternate version of her is actually like a serving girl slash girlfriend of Morland. Yes. And so she's able to KO the other Jessica Drew and uh, and take her place, basically, and infiltrate the, uh, yeah, the Inheritors, like, home base, basically. And uh, it's pretty intense because the Inheritors are, like, the gods of this whole world. And it's almost like a Secret Wars battle world type of situation because they just pull, like, their favorite people from whatever timelines. Exactly. Uh, in and, and drop them in their world. So we've got, like, pirates and, and <laughs> space flight and all sorts of crazy stuff going on. Damn. Yes. And so what I love, though, as well, we get – I mean, should we get to the big battle with, you know, the final yeah, stuff? Yeah, go for uh, it. I, I wanted to give yeah, – my, my favorite cameo was the – and I had to look it up or whatever to get the exact name right – the Six Men of Sinistry. That, that whole yeah. thing cracked me up. <laughs> And, and uh, I think it was Lady Spider's like, you know, that's not even a word, right? And they're just like, <laughs> shut up. It, it, it was just so cool watching them go at it with these, uh, with Electro and Doc Ock, with different alternate versions of them. I was, I was really digging that whole aspect of it. The book is nothing but great winks and nods to anybody familiar with anything in the Spider-Man universe. You know, you have alternate J. J Jonah Jameson. Yes. You have the uh, Sinister Six, like. Quasi cameos. Yeah. I mean, you just got it all yeah. in there. And all right, another I, another one yeah, was be, oh. before we get to the final battle. I want to do my two favorite. I've got two favorite moments. Number one, I love that anytime Spider Ham shows up, <laughs> everybody's like, "Are the, are you serious? This is cartoon pig. <laughs> like, why is this happening?" <laughs> like, okay, so I I looked up the backstory of Spider Ham. So it turns out that he was a spider that got bitten by a radio- radioactive pig. Yes. <laughs> wow. Which is hilarious. That's awesome. That's pretty nutty. And he's just as fun as he sounds. He really is. (laughs) I don't know if you guys read it, but there was was one, like, Spider-Verse story where Miles Morales and the TV version of Ultimate Ultimate Spider-Man go in and try to get the 60s TV version of of spider-man <laughs> that one was so good and it's cracking up he's like because he's like why are there only six build six windows on this building and stuff and i was dying like because i remember I, I hit a prodigy in a, in a message i was like this is so fucking hilarious because like everything is just like 60s 
comic book yep. art, and I, uh, it, it was he was just so tripped out by it. It was so funny. <laughs> and like I love it. I love the one where uh, Miles takes off his mask, and the '60s Spider-Man is like, "Hold on, I didn't realize." Yeah. You were. And Ultimate Spider-Man's like, oh, I hope he doesn't have uh, the, some of the problems of 60 <laughs> Yeah, And it cuts back, he's like, just a high school kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> real, real quick, one of my favorite things before we get to the final battle, if you like any version of comic book art, this has a little bit of everything in it for you. The The art in here is gorgeous, and I just have to, to point out all of the pages are full of like super detailed. And then when it's not supposed to be detailed, like they go back to the sixties or whatever, it looks realistic for that time period, but it's a beautiful book with a whole bunch of different styles. It felt like every 15 pages or so, there was a different style that I loved more than the one previous. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the same version that I picked up that you guys got. Like I'm using my computer right now, but the one I picked up, it was a $50 book. So it was a bit expensive, but shit, was it worth it? I I spent probably two weeks reading this and it was, uh, it was just so much fun. Like it was, it was well worth every penny spent. I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're looking at the same one. Yeah. I'm just sort of just flipping through the pages, and there's so many funny ones. There was the one where uh, it was just like Marvel vs. Capcom, where he's like <laughs> Maximum Spider, and he's doing all these like this hit combo, and you see like the like life bar meter on one of them. And then the one before that, I I can't think of what cartoon it reminded me of, but it was the, this girl spider who was like in like elementary school. And uh, she was trying to figure out I, there was some sort of incident that like took place on the playground. Oh, she, that was great! I, yeah. I forgot about that one. That one was so good. Yeah, yep. the, the artwork in that one was like really, really cool. I was just like, God damn! I want to keep reading about this one for a, for a little bit longer. It, yep. it was now, really that cool. One was, that one was done by Scotty Young, who is one of my favorite. He does all the little Marvel variants. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, variant covers, and he had a Secret Wars book, and he's got his own book with Image Comics right now called. I hate Fairyland, and that's well worth picking up, especially if you like that art style. Kronos always recommends that when I need to pick it up for myself. I hear great yeah. things about it. There's even Spider Punk, the guy with the, the horns on his head and everything. Spider Punk won Spider-Punk me fucking Punk over. Is my favorite. <laughs> Spider Punk, and, and here's the thing too. I didn't know he was black either. Like when he lifted it off, I was almost like the ones with Miles Morales yeah. were just talking about. I was like, oh, you're okay. <laughs> Yeah, dude, Punk Rock Spider-Man is black, and it's, like, the best. Because that was only, like, what, eight pages, maybe ten pages? Yeah. The one with, like, his origin. Mm -hmm. And, man, was that so – it was done in such a Punk Rock, like, Ramones album cover style. Yeah, Anarchist jacket. so much. Yep. It was good. He has the look, and he has the attitude, and he was fun. And I want to read more. I mean, if he had his own standalone, which he may, I just need to look for it, I would read that shit. I'm on board. Oh, yeah. All right. Absolutely. I think him and Spider-Man Noir as well. I loved I loved reading about Spider-Man Noir. Yep. I mean, it, it just works. It works on so many goddamn levels. We're we're not even doing it real justice here. Yeah. You know, I, I like I can't sell this hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> one of the top for me and my money, it's one of the top Marvel crossover events. And, and I, for those of you that have it, um all of these books are available on Marvel Unlimited. Perfect. Nice. Yes. Um there was a was a final big battle. Kev, do you want to try to set up the final big battle and kind of go? Yeah, I'll do a quick synopsis yeah. and we can and we can talk about it. Uh, I'll just do a quick synopsis. So, um, with uh, with the death of uh, of Kane Parker on the cloning planet, 
uh, Ben Riley gets really pissed, and he decide he has the ability, so he decides he's going to go to Loom World, aka Earth 001, aka the home of the Inheritors, and he's going to take the fight to them. Meanwhile, Cindy Moon, the Bride, also decides she's going to attack uh, Loom World because she decides that's where she's needed most, not hold up on the radioactive Earth with the rest of the Spider People. And also, a while before this, um, the uh, the Spider-Men supposedly had a safe haven. They had a cosmic spider that was protecting them. Mm-hmm. But the father of the Inheritors went and attacked, and they were not able to hold him off. And he killed the cosmic Spider-Man and stole the baby, uh, Ben Parker, who is the, uh, the scion. So at this point, all three of the totems needed to fulfill the prophecy are at the home planet of the Inheritors. So that sounds bad. When the other <laughs> Spider-Men realize this, they attack. Yeah. And... So there, all this giant spider battle starts happening. But since the clones are destroyed, the inheritors have to be a little bit more careful. A lot of Spider-Men are killed in the assault on the uh, on the inheritors' castle. But in the end, they're able to win out, but only by the distraction of Superior Spider-Man. Superior Spider-Man realized that the 616 Peter Parker that he's been dealing with is a future version of himself. Yes. He realizes that he loses Peter Parker's body. So he uh, decides... He doesn't like this. He doesn't like this destiny crap. And he slits the throat of the Great Weaver. And that distracts all of the uh, remaining inheritors long enough for the spiders to kill them. Meanwhile, also, Karn, the lost son, the prodigal son of the inheritors, has decided to join the spiders. Um, (laughs) I think, uh, I can't remember who, I think it was Billy Braddock and a couple other spiders convinced him that they needed to that he needed to join their cause. And uh, overall, I think that was a really great thing. Uh, that happened. Um, meanwhile, the other Spider-Men are able to subdue Superior Spider-Man and send him back to his own time, and that's when he rejoins the story in Superior Spider-Man 16. I mentioned that he was gone for six pages. This is what this is what happens. Why he's shouting when he comes back. But don't forget what. Uh, yeah, and that's the end of the story, except for one little thing that I'll leave for the very end of the podcast. Uh, yeah, what did you guys think of this whole last? Because that all pretty much took place in the last issue. Well, I, I want to real quickly get one thing in and then let's give our thoughts but so superior spider-man is talking big fucking shit to <laughs> peter parker like yeah. really from jump but especially in these last few pages about how you know he is the better spider-man and his plan needs to work yeah and he's really talking big and bad and peter parker is holding back because he knows what you just said about you know the uh, superior spider-man's fate mm-hmm. and i think doesn't Doc Ock um, figure it out during that conversation? I believe uh, he realizes it the issue before because um, he has a uh, he has a picture of it. He has a like a twenty ninety nine tech hologram yes. of his girlfriend Anna Maria, um, and Peter Parker's like, "Oh, you have a hologram of Anna Maria? That's cool." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah," but he, then he realizes because Peter Parker had never met Anna Maria before that. Exactly. So he realizes that he lost and that that's actually a future version of Peter Parker, not a past one. Which I, I love that aspect of things. I mean, you could say a lot about Superior Spider-Man. In a lot of ways, he may have been the better, quote-unquote, Peter Parker or better Spider-Man. You can make the argument, but... Man, was he cocky, and boy, was he convinced that he was the shit. And yeah, his, and his shit didn't stink. Yeah, no, he he definitely was, and I mean, it, it comes across just. I don't want to give away the uh, the end of Superior Spider Man because I know Prodigy's reading it right now, but 
Um, the way that ends, uh, you gotta read it because <laughs> no, that wait. ego comes into play a lot, and it's so good. Okay, nice. Go ahead. Not, uh, yeah, because you can see with like you you talked about where he had that realization. You can see like the pieces start to kind of <laughs> click in his head. He's like, wait a minute, but hmm, and he's like, oh shit, and it it it, and it, it plays out really well. And I I um I can't I get with sloth is the one that wrote that one that yeah slot he yeah slot he I mean he. he just does it uh, amazing how he how he's able to just give you that realization without ha- having to just throw it in your face. Like yep. you kind of you're kind of slowly coming across the realization as a uh, superior Spider Man is also. Because I think a lot of this was written from the perspective of Superior Spider Man, which I love, which was a brilliant piece yeah. of writing, and I I enjoyed that immensely. Um, I'm going to give one other big spoil at the end, and it was kind of touched upon by, by Kev. This has all been about spoilers, but the other big reveal was that uh, the Weaver, uh, he got killed, obviously, the Great mm-hmm. Weaver, and who's in uh, behind that mask? Because you never see his face. Dun, dun, dun. Anybody want to? Yeah, and so they mm-hmm. take off was... the mask, and all the Spider-Men are like, wow, we have no idea who the fuck this guy is. And then it's such a great reveal because Karn takes off his mask yep. and is like, I know who that is. And it's just an older version of Karn. Yes. And so Karn ah. becomes the Great Weaver, and we see that this whole thing is a big time loop. I remember that. And it's, it's very, very well done. Uh, it makes you want more even though there is no more. And I think that's a great way to close out a big, massive, epic story like this. Yes, because he was taking, in a, in a sense, his future self's own guidance and hints and you know advice or whatever or bidding um unwillingly in in a lot of ways or unknowingly and it it was just a big like kevin said (laughs) it was a mind fuck at the end to see older version of karn the inheritor the one that we started this story with in terms of being afraid of him with the puncture wounds and killing multiple fucking spiders being the great weaver yeah that's that was you (laughs) you know so um, and I said overall, it was, it was absolutely amazing, amazing story. I mean, when when you gave me the book, I <laughs> went hard, and I was like, all right, I got to slow up because I didn't want to be rusty for when we when we spoke on it. But I was able to crush through about three fourths of it within like the first like twenty four to thirty six hours, and he was like, holy shit, yeah, that and, was a, that was amazing. Yeah, no, it, it it just kept going and going. I was, my eyes were hurting because I was just like <laughs> trying to stay up, read some more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, there were a couple of nights where I was like, where April, my wife was like, "Let's go to bed," and I'm like, "I've just got like two more stories. In this. Like, <laughs> I gotta figure out what happened." <laughs> well, the fun thing I will say, my big takeaway from this, again, someone who had had a gap in not reading Spider-Man for a long time, you feel like you know. I feel like I know quite a bit more about the Spider-Verse than I ever did before. And these characters that were kind of on the fringe when I stopped reading Spider-Man, you know, decade and a half ago. These characters are real for me. They're vivid. They're alive. Um, and I and I want to read their spinoffs, so like I'm doing with Silk, and like I'll do with Spider Gwen and Spider Woman, and it, they're 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 a part of the universe for me, and just on the level playing field in a lot of ways with Peter, yeah. which is epic, you know. Yeah. yeah. And just Definitely. to touch on it again, I mean, there's there's so much like eye candy in terms of like the uh, the way the artwork in it, and especially with the different 
uniforms that you see all the other Spider-Men that Especially are in. Silk. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> I just want to take like screenshots and just like save and put them as like backgrounds for like my phone and stuff because they're just the the way. And I, I don't know if I'm just biased, but I think Spider-Man is just one of the the best drawn characters mm-hmm. in terms of like when you have a really good artist drawing him and you just see like. His, his how defined and muscular he is without being like overly buff yeah and you just know how how he's able to just like sort of gracefully like twist and turn and even him being like upside down and just shooting his web swinging he, you get the best visuals that you see out of like any marvel character in my opinion well you know the other thing i'm gonna i'm gonna say about him we've often praised the fact that he has this incredible rogues gallery um i would say definitely the best in marvel in all of comics, I would put him just a hair below Batman, and even that's arguable. Yeah, you got you know? a little Twitter debate, I guess, a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah with Task from Super Suit. <laughs> and I, I can go either way, depending on the day of the week. But Man, Task is always down to debate. It is. <laughs> but what I, what I will say is, this book opened my eyes to, I guess, really, for me, new rogues. You know, with the Inheritors and Moreland and whatnot, and just how deadly and personal and um ferocious these these other villains can be you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it doesn't rely heavily on you know like uh rhino and uh venom really or carnage Although or- i like uh one of the inheritors has like uh has like a bunch of like goblins and rhinos and shit as like True. her slaves yes universes and she, like, sets them on the Spider-Man sometimes. I really like that. That was a nice touch. Oh, that was perfect. But I, but it doesn't rely as much on the known villains from the, you know, older Spider-Man right. or whatever, which, right. yeah, which I enjoyed. And then the other thing, really quickly, I'm going to say, I love, love the fact that you're getting conversations with a uh, Uncle Ben from another dimension who's a bitch Uncle Ben. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sure. And they're yeah, talking shit. Yeah, but they're talking shit about, you know, my Uncle Ben wouldn't have done that or my uh, Mary Jane or my Peter Parker wouldn't have done that. And I love those arguments. Those were just juicy tidbits for anybody who's a fan of Spider-Man. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, uh, I I think that just about gets us to the end. Before we go, though, I want to ask you both. uh, Number one, who was uh, the number one waifu (laughs) Spider-Man? For me, it's always going to be Silk. She's slim, thick, and she cannot control her fucking pheromones, or and she wants to pop that pussy. See, I got. I need to read more of Silk because I. I mean, I, you've told me about the the whole pheromone thing, and they're they're just chemistry together. So I, I need to get some some visual uh, examples and references in my head when I'm uh, going back and reading it. Uh, Spider Gwen just seems really sexy to me i don't know what it is punk rock blondes dude punk rock (laughs) i cannot i cannot get over it i love it my wife's punk rock blonde i love them punk rock blondes nice Nice. and i will say spider woman as a pirate ain't bad either yeah Yeah, that was that was my that was uh definitely behind silk and spider gwen is pirate spider woman (laughs) no all right and overall who's your favorite alternate reality spider-man Oh, it's so fucking tough. Uh, you, mm. you know, I'm, gonna... go, I'm personally going to go with Hobie Brown, a.k.a. Spider-Punk. I loved his origin story. I love punk rock in general, and that guy was all about it with his cut-off jean jacket and everything. He was awesome. Man, I loved how he beat Venom with a guitar amp. That was fucking Ugh, epic. So great. <laughs> I, I do, I will say the one who surprised me maybe the most was the 
Ashley Barton Spider Girl. Um, I like her quite a bit. I give her. I might give her the wink and the nod. Oh man! And I remember when I was reading it, I was I took like I wrote down on a scrap piece of paper. I was like, all right, this one is the, is what I was digging, and I cannot. Find, I couldn't remember which. It, it was like when I in the the first when I first attacked it in like the first day. So I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was, but I really like the one that. He it wasn't like the eight armed Spider Man, but he's Six. the six armed one. But he had these two sort of actually, I mean, it might have been these like four like pointy sort of claws coming out. Was that Scarlet Spider? I yeah, no, that it, sounds like Scarlet Spider in the very beginning. Okay, yeah, because like it was Spider. just and I remember he was like getting in someone's face and like those were like in some the like I guess. Oh point- no, you're talking about Superior Spider Man. He had spider arm. He had Doctor Octopus style like Spider Man arms. Okay, okay. yeah, so maybe- yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Superior Spider Man. Yeah. Because I, I liked his visual look, but his whole attitude was like, eh. but I loved how Scarlet Spider was just like, if he's got to die, we got to kill him. <laughs> so if I can mesh those two personalities together, I, I think that's what I would go with. Yes. I, yeah, and I, I got to give a close second to Lady Spider. I did love Mae Riley. She was like a Victorian-era super steampunk scientist. Yes. With uh, She didn't even actually have spider powers. She just had like like crazy tech going on. Yeah, yeah like steampunk, steampunk tech. Steampunk tech, and it was awesome. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. they even um, mentioned it. They sort of like hinted like, oh, you don't have the, the true spider in you, but there's, there's some uh, – I forget how he worded it, but it wasn't like... like I might vampire eat you anyway because you're awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, the Inheritors didn't technically smell or want her per se, but... Yeah, but since you're going to keep throwing yourself in my way, I might as well eat you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, this was so much fun. I've been waiting to do this for forever. Uh, Hopefully this inspires you to go out and read Spider-Fucking-Verse. It's epic. Uh, We give it uh, two thumbs up. Yes. Um, in fact, you know what? I'm going to rate it real quickly. I give it a solid from I'm going to give it a 9.6 out of 10, man. It was one of the better ones. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Nine and a half. If it wasn't for too many issues drawn by Umberto Ramos, whose style is just not for me, um, I would probably go just a, a solid 10 because it was that good. Yeah, I have, it's a nine nine for me. I was, <laughs> I, love it. I was I was definitely digging it. I mean, anything that I'm deducting from it is just I'm nitpicking just to <laughs> Not to sound completely just fanboyish on it, but uh, it's it's nine. It was nine, so nine, good. Nine, eight. Yeah, there you go, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us and providing your insight and basically Guys, leading and hosting. For having me. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we're gonna have to do this again and uh, attack another. I, I uh, want to do annihilation next. Ooh, I'm down. Fucking down, man. Yeah, this is fun. You may have to play in this because that's that's uh, probably one of the only Marvel events that I've read that I like more than this. Ooh, okay. High, High recommendation. High, High recommendation. Um, oh, Annihilation is good, and it's in space. Oh, you know I'm down for that. <laughs> Kevin, everybody should know where to find you, but just in case someone is hearing this for the first time, where do we find uh, you? If you want to find us, uh, we are the Comic Noobs Show. Uh, we are we can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. It's the Comic Noobs Show uh, by Kevin and Soby. We put out a new show every week where we recap we go over a few comics usually between three and seven comics and uh we go we basically page by page and break it down for you we get we catch you up if you're a fan uh if you already are a comics fan you know it's good recap if you're a movie fan it might get you into the comics we just love doing it oh yeah and it's an excellent show i listen every goddamn week your stuff on planet hulk and world war hulk inspired me (laughs) you love it thank you again man 
All right, thanks, guys. It was great recording with you. All right. All right. Has succeeded in penetrating further and further into the unknown vastness of space. Yet many questions remain unanswered.